Welcome to the Relatable Finance Podcast. Here are your hosts, Joseph Carl and Shane Phillips. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Relatable Finance. Today, we'll be discussing real estate and the many, many different flavors available to real estate investors. I'm not sure how many of us have thought about buying real estate. I know I have, and I'm pretty sure many others have as well, but I think we all know somebody that has had great success and that is something that is often fairly common. So one of the beautiful things about real estate and real estate investing is that it's not priced every day like the stock market is. You can see throughout the day that the market is down or that your stocks are down 30% for the year or whatever the case would be, but you won't be able to do that with real estate. And that really takes away some of the emotion from the decision. So hopefully you wouldn't sell your house when it's down 30% because the economy is not good, but who knows what would be the case. So anyways, we're going to talk about real estate today because it has many other differences from what we usually talk about stocks and bonds. And we thought it'd be a good topic for, for discussion. So when I think about real estate investing, I usually think of one of two things. I think of buying a home and fixing it up or flipping it and selling it relatively quickly or I think about buying it and then finding a renter and then taking the cash flow from that. There are many different types of real estate that you can consider and different ways to approach this. So we thought it'd be a really good topic to go over. So we hope you enjoy the content today. So let's start with actually two things that aren't real estate, but have a huge effect on the potential attractiveness of real estate investing. And that is leverage and interest rates. So leverage is just a fancy word for borrowing money. But what it will do is magnify whatever return you receive from the investment. And interest rates matter because using leverage has a cost, and that cost is the interest rate on your loan. As most people probably know, whenever you buy real estate, in most cases, you aren't paying for the whole thing with cash from your bank account. You're paying a percent down, usually a minimum of 20 to 25 percent, some more, some less. For most cases, you're asking a bank for a loan or aka using leverage to buy the rest. So leverage is essentially the effect of having to only paying that percent down and then using it someone else's money. So as I mentioned, this will magnify your return either way, either positive or negative. And we thought it'd be good to go through an example. And and I feel like Joe's examples are always better. So Joe, uh, walk us through uh, an example about leverage. Yeah. So as Shane mentioned, the best thing about leverage is it allows you to buy something that you otherwise wouldn't have been able to afford. But let's say you buy a rental property for $500,000 and you put $100,000 or 20% down and borrow the remaining $400,000. Now let's go over two different scenarios. Both scenarios, we're going to sell the home relatively quickly about a year later. But the first one, a year later, we sell the house for $616,000, which is above your purchase price of $500,000. Over that time frame, you paid $16,000 in interest, which is an interest of 4% on your $500,000 or your $400,000 that you borrow. So you've made $100,000 on the $100,000 you use. So you made a 100% return. That's the beauty of leverage. So you made $100,000 on your $100,000 investment. That's a pretty strong return, even though the amount that you earned on the total value of the house is about a little less than 20% increase. The second scenario is not so good. Let's say the economy is in a little bit of trouble and you just want to get out of this thing because you can't find a renter and you can't find a buyer. So you lower the purchase price or the sales price from $500,000 from which you initially bought it at to $450,000. You still have to pay the $16,000 of interest on the loan. That doesn't change. So in this scenario, you lost 66% on your investment when in reality, the house only declined in value by 10%. 
We just want to go over a good example of how leverage really magnifies returns. So, Joe, I think that was a great job of, of simply showing what it can do and, and how much of an effect it really has. So, obviously, at the end of the day, it matters if you're selling it for more or less, but, but leverage will amplify those returns one way or the other. So, the other thing is interest rates. And, and this really comes into play when we're borrowing money to purchase real estate investments. And it comes into play because if we're borrowing money, it matters a lot whether we're paying 3% to borrow that money or 6%. And that's going to have a big difference on your potential profitability. So leverage in real estates really affect real estate investing. They, they affect regular investing as well, but uh, more so for real estate. And then some other things that really we want to consider before making real estate investments that are different are things like investment uh, taxes on these properties, property taxes, the potential upkeep on your property like lawn care. Anytime you're buying and selling, uh, a broker is going to charge a commission and the potential for damage to occur to the property, whether it just be a broken air conditioner or, or a crack in the pool. Yeah, let's start by discussing the most hands-on approach to real estate investing and that's owning a property and being a landlord. This is likely one we've all thought about, and it seems easy thing to do, but maybe we don't think about the leaky faucet we have to fix or hire someone to fix, or what about the air conditioning that goes out in the middle of the summer and you get a call at 11 p.m. on a Sunday to fix it? So this is something I have certainly thought about doing from time to time, and, and many people do it successfully, which makes it pretty interesting. And this can be done by, by owning an apartment, condo, a house duplexes in some situations, or maybe eventually an entire apartment building. And the return on these investments will likely be made up of both income and the potential for capital appreciation from the property. Many investors look at this as more of an income producing investment and then don't plan on ever selling or don't expect too much from the capital appreciation side of things. Even though this can provide a nice steady stream of income, something is very attractive to many investors, especially those near retirement, it will take some work. This is not likely going to be easy and you just can't live a normal life and collect the rent. You need to find people to A, rent your space and likely shouldn't be anyone because you can't trust them to pay rent. And B, you need to take care of the property and not cause any problems. Problems will come up and you will be getting a phone call and tenants don't care whether you're this is during normal operating hours or not. So while taking this do-it-all-yourself approach will likely enhance your profit, you could take a step back from some of this and hire someone or even a company to be the landlord for you. And in this case, you're just simply the owner. Again, this will cost money that will eat into your profit, but will take away some of the hassle as well. But even removing the landlord portion of it, you could still be hit with lost rent from times where it's not rented, having the re need to replace things or fix items on your property, and still have to pay things like property taxes. Condos, apartments, and houses are all considered residential real estate and are all opportunities to invest in real estate. But many of the same types of opportunities exist for commercial real estate as well. Most common of these are office or retail property. Many of the same problems could arise in the commercial space as occur in the residential space. But many people have been successful owning these types of properties as well. So uh, another risk that real estate creates is putting all your eggs in one basket. Um, especially when you're going to start investing in real estate. If you're just starting, you're not likely going to buy 10 different condos and rent them all out. So if one would go and rent it, it's not, not actually that big a deal. You're most likely buying one. And with that comes the risk of only owning the one property. So if you lose some rent or the water breaks 
or there's a lot of building in your area and you can't get as much rent or no rent from it, or something like COVID hits and no one wants to rent it, really put a lot of pressure on owning just one single property. So if you're able to, taking the opportunity to invest with a real estate group could make a lot of sense. This will help you diversify as you're likely buying numerous properties, but not having to put up all the cash to purchase those properties. This can also remove some of the day-to-day problems of owning real estate yourself, as those responsibilities would be spread amongst a group, or in many cases, these groups are hiring managers to manage these properties. The downfall here is that you need to find or know a group of individuals looking to do this type of investment. There are some private real estate groups that you can invest in, but a lot of times you will have long lockup periods and high minimum investment amounts. A newer approach to this group investment mentality is through crowdfunding. This would be an option for someone who likes the benefits of owning real estate but doesn't have the capital for a down payment. The idea is that a company will take a small amount of capital from many investors. This capital will be used for down payments for many properties. And in most cases, leverage will also be used to acquire as many properties as possible. This creates a portfolio of properties and, and can produce portfolio cash flow. So the crowdfunding approach does eliminate some of the dumb fouls we discussed earlier. This would eliminate your need of finding a group of investors. You would be diversified. And most importantly, in my opinion, you don't have to be the landlord. One potential downside of these some of these group investments is liquidity. Real estate is not a liquid market, but many of these groups provide liquidity. That may seem like a good thing, but we would argue it's not. Real estate investments should be made with a long-term thinking, and a fund that offers daily, weekly, or monthly liquidity is likely making sacrifices somewhere in their investment processes to make up for the potential need of liquidity. And lastly, there's two areas that we'll discuss that are the most liquid ways of getting access to the real estate market. And that's publicly traded real estate investment trusts or REITs and mortgages through things like mortgage-backed securities. REITs are publicly traded and own all types of real estate, residential, retail, office being some of the most popular. These REITs collect their rents, do it, and due to the structure of the REIT, they have to pay out a large portion of that income to maintain the REIT, their REIT status which is, has some tax benefits associated with it. This makes them a good option for investors looking for income, but also upside as well. And then lastly, mortgages. So some people invest or offer private mortgages, but how we invest in these are through MBS or mortgage-backed securities. MBS are diversified groups of mortgages and are one of the things that got us into a little bit of trouble during the financial crisis. There are many different flavors of MBS, so you can choose from a very high quality one that will pay a lower yield, to riskier ones that have more yield. An additional risk in owning mortgages that other bonds don't necessarily have is the potential for mortgages to be prepaid as interest rates fall or last the full term when the interest rates rise. So we hope you enjoyed our discussion today about real estate and it is out there as another investment option. It is very distinct as it has different characteristics from many investments that we discussed, including taxes, the need for upkeep, and the potential for active management of the properties. For some, some extra work is worth it. For others, liquid investments that require no additional time is a better option. Either way, we hope we gave you a few things to think about when it comes to real estate investing. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Relatable Finance. If you have any questions, please email us at podcast at probwealth.com or check out our website, relatablefinancepodcast.com. Provenance Wealth Advisors is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services, Inc. Securities are offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services are offered through Provenance Wealth Advisors and Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. 
Any opinions are those of Relatable Finance Podcast and PWA, and not necessarily those of Raymond James. The information contained in this report does not purport to be a complete description of the securities, markets, or developments referred to in this material. There is no assurance that any of the trends mentioned will continue or forecasts will occur. The information has been obtained from sources considered to be reliable, but Raymond James does not guarantee that the foregoing material is accurate or complete. Any information is not a complete summary or statement of all available data necessary for making an investment decision and does not constitute a recommendation. Investment involves risk and you may incur a profit or loss regardless of strategy selected. Diversification and asset allocation do not ensure a profit or protect against a loss. Investing involves risk and investors may incur a profit or loss. Raymond James does not provide tax or legal services. Please discuss these matters with the appropriate professional. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Future investment performance cannot be guaranteed and investment yields will fluctuate with market conditions. Any examples given in the podcast are for illustration purposes only. Actual investor results.